Welcome to Conversations, a podcast featuring conversations about life, theology, scripture, church, and everything in between. Hosted by Genesis Church in Mexico, Missouri. Find out more at www.genesisbegins.com. Welcome to another uh, Conversations podcast, and I'm Jeff Stott, and I'm with Kate Shaw again, and we're going to be talking about part three of managing or being easily offended, and today we're going to focus in on managing the offense, and and I need to apologize. My voice is getting a little rough. I got some allergy stuff going on, so my voice will crack, go high and low, and it sounds like I'm 13 again and so uh (laughs) my my voice is changing um okay let me review real quick um so we have uh talked about why the subject of being easily offended is necessary for the christian that was in uh, uh part one and we also discussed the meaning of being easily offended and discovered that being offended happens when your honor or self-concept is attacked or challenged in some way. So what that means is, is if you think you are a good parent and someone challenges that, you will feel offended. And, and this can be expressed and felt in a lot of ways. You know, you think you're a, a good spouse, somebody challenges it. You think you're good with finances, somebody challenges it. You think you're a good employee, a good Christian, whatever it is, you know. And, uh, and uh, even if you're not, good if you think you are it's going to be a fan you know you're going to be offended that's why people like on american idol uh when they're horrible and somebody tells them they're terrible but they think they're good and they get so mad it's like can does anybody how do they not know they're terrible but anyway um (laughs) but they still get offended and then uh Then in part two of being easily offended, we spent the entire time looking at various reasons or specific reasons uh, why we get offended. And we talked about how our personal anxieties and insecurities and uh, even having a judgmental attitude causes us to be easily offended. And uh, we looked at how having a negative sentiment override challenged belief system, unspoken rule violations, how they all play into being easily offended. Now, none of that means anything to you. Well, you need to go to back to uh, part two of this and we'll, we unpack all that. Um, or you can go to truthappliedjs.com and there's a, a lengthy article that has a lot of the things that we're talking about uh, there for you and, uh, and some other things there that you might find uh, helpful. So, But today we're going to spend our time talking about how to manage this thing called being offended. And uh, we're going to just hammer down on some scripture and see what God has to, has to say about it. So now before we do that, um, and before we get into the details of what the Bible has to say, so Kate, uh, let's you and I talk a little bit about uh, how how we, when we are offended, how did we handle it years ago versus now? Um, for me, 
I was never a mean person by any stretch. Um, even before, I mean, before I came back to Christ, I, I wasn't ever a mean person. So that, you know, that kind of, that wasn't ever really in my nature. So I would just, I would just say that before I came to Christ, my reaction was more, um, it was, I mean, it was probably, I was getting offended by more things versus having a stronger reaction. Um, where now I would say that I'm offended by less things and probably have a similar reaction. Just, um, you know, obviously where before I may have lashed out or had more of an opportunity to lash out at somebody, um, you know, say things to be able to get a word in edgewise. That was a characteristic that I had that I would say was a prior to me uh, coming back to Christ, you know, I would be wanting to get the last word in, you know, I would always be want, just, you know, wanting to say something to get the last word in, not yelling, not cussing anybody out or anything, just, you know, wanting to be right. And, um, but now I, I feel like there's always just the Holy Spirit kind of just yanks you, like, you know, you get the, you get offended and you start to respond to that email or you start to reply to that text and you're like, nope, I'm going to let the Lord handle this one. But you still feel, you still maybe feel offended. You know, you still maybe experience that emotion, but yet you could be angry, but maybe not experience sin as a result of that anger. Um, I responded in two ways. Um, years ago, my response would be to I mean, absolutely no response. And I don't mean overlooking. I mean, I'm done. Just walk away, you know, and I'd be angry on the inside, the whole process, you know, I'm out, didn't, I was, I've never been an angry person. Never, you know, like you, I've never lashed out. I don't yell at people, never have, you know, I, I can't say never, but you know, you know what I'm saying? That's just not my, yeah. you know, some people, they just explode all the time, you know? And, uh, but me, it's like, if you see me yelling, something big is going down. I mean, this is, you know, mm -hmm. World War Three has happened, you know, but anyway, uh, <clears throat> the other response uh, would be to um, have an argument to where I win you know, and that's just, mm -hmm. it would be, you know, yeah. and it was all about you. And now since then, because of my own spiritual growth and emotional growth and just understanding emotions and just, you know, seeing a much bigger picture and obviously growing in the word and letting, you know, the Holy spirit work on me in some areas. Um, I find myself that when I'm offended, most often, um, I immediately jump into, in my head, I jump into, you know, trying to understand why they said what they said or doing what they're doing, not for blame or shame, but just, I mean, right. I immediately think from their perspective, okay, they having a bad day, you know, kind of a thing, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, and also I'm learning how to distinguish between being offended by the person and being offended by the inner critic that's speaking inside of me about the person. You follow what I'm saying? Yep. So somebody mm -hmm. can say something and it not be offensive, but in my head, the inner critic says, they said that because they don't like you. They're trying to, they're trying to get you upset, man. You know, that kind of thing. And, and we're talking mm -hmm. about the inner critic later on, but, uh, 
when we finally get into anxiety, which, you know, uh, we're supposed to, (laughs) we've been trying to do that for like a month now, but anyway, um, okay. So here's what we're going to do. Those who are listening, we're going to spend about 30 minutes. Uh, So today's podcast will be a little shorter, but we're going to talk about what the Bible has to say. And we're just going to kind of touch some bases on these things and just give you some food for thought and um and just let god just talk to you through this um uh, this isn't complicated but hopefully just as kate and i sort of unpack this stuff for how it looks in our lives and how we've seen it and maybe in some other lives uh it'll be helpful for you um so we're just we got some scripture here and we're just going to walk right through them and uh, they just all deal with how to manage um being offended so the first one deals with basically just tells us don't pay attention to everything people say. Now I want to tell you up front, the Bible's very practical and, and that we're, we're going to share some stuff and you're just going to think, I already know that, but we need to rehear it, you know, and, and this has a biblical foundation to it. So uh, Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse 21 says, don't pay attention to everything people say. You may hear your servant insulting you, and you know yourself that you have insulted other people many times. Um, all right, so before I get into that, what, you know, what's your thoughts on this, this don't pay attention to everything people say? I think it's solid advice, obviously. I mean, I, and I also like the, the little kickback at the end that's like, you know, don't forget you also do this, you know, don't, don't forget you, you're maybe super annoying too. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's like, oh, wait, yeah. Okay. It it does help it to make it more personal, um, to put yourself in someone else's shoes. So yeah, I think that's, that's pretty solid advice. Um, okay. So, uh, yesterday, I'm sitting outside and uh, yesterday evening, uh, sitting outside and we had a, uh, my mother-in-law lives with us. And so, you know, we, it was her birthday yesterday. So we did a little cookout thing in the back. And so it, it was all over and uh, <clears throat> Grace, my daughter, who um, is, I don't know, in mid twenties, upper twenties, um, 26. So, uh, you know, when you have so many kids, you just can't remember their age, man. It just... <laughs> You know, I've, I mean, I've got six, you know, so anyway, uh, count the, the two new ones, but anyway, the, um, uh, we're sitting back there and we were talking and, uh, she, she said, uh, we were talking about something and I said something and she said, uh, she said, I, I think this is gossip. And I said, oh, wait a minute. Am, am I gossiping? Is it, is this, is this right? So I, I had to look up the meaning of gossip. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm thinking, uh-oh. So, um, and I was I was just frustrated about something. I was just talking and I, you know, every now and then I pick uh, Grace's brain about things. But anyway, and, uh, I looked at the word gossip to, to remind me of the definition. <laughs> and actually I was looking enough to justify myself. And uh, it uh, <laughs> the definition actually was, Gossip is when you are talking bad about someone that may or may not be true about them. And so I told Grace, I said, uh, well, what I'm saying is true. <laughs> so I said, 
technically I'm not gossiping. And, uh, but I, anyway, I read this, uh, was earlier this morning, I was looking at this verse and I was thinking, you know, uh, let's just say I was gossiping. Let's say I was insulting someone and say they overheard it. You know what I'm saying? And okay. right. And, um, and they could easily got offended or if I turned it around and I overhear someone talking bad about me, and, you know, as a pastor, I want to be, I know that over the 30 plus years I've been doing this, I guarantee you there have been hundreds of conversations at lunch or at home or in Sunday school classes or wherever about Jeff Stott. Okay. And people saying, man, he's a bad pastor, man. He just stinks, man. He don't know what he's doing. And, um, and if I were to overhear it, I'm sure I'd be hurt. Uh, but the bottom line is I have to remind myself that, you know, we just live in a, in a world where people say things that will misinterpret that may or may not be the intent may not be insulting and, uh, just don't pay attention to everything people say, you know, don't get caught mm -hmm. up on it. Yeah. Any other thoughts on that one? No, I, I think it's, it's important to note too like it's telling you not to pay attention to what people say because you're supposed to be paying attention to something else so it's like it's like kind of a worry about yourself kind of thing like like quit paying attention to these things these external factors and really you should be paying attention to christ as a christian you know you should be paying attention to you know your walk and and what other people do you know it shouldn't affect that but i know it does it hurts our feelings or whatever but um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting verse. Well, there is a friend of ours who ha has, uh, we've used that quote many times. I've, I've never referred to it once or twice on some of these podcasts where she walks in, uh, on a group of people and, uh, uh, and, they, and she said, what y'all talking about? And somebody at the table says, you know, uh, we're talking bad about you. It's her immediate response was. Uh, well, you can't talk bad. You can't talk bad enough about me if you really knew me. And I thought, you know, that that's really profound. If you think about it, you know, if you mm -hmm. really, you know, if somebody's in saying something that hurts your feelings and it's say it's whether it's true or not, it doesn't matter at this point, but even if it is true, you're, you know, it's probably not really the worst thing about you, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> because if they really knew who you yeah. are. And they could get into your head and your heart and what's really going on there. Then they would, then they would have some really bad stuff. Um, so yeah, that's just, true. Yeah. And I think sometimes, I think what happens is, I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in ourselves that we place ourselves in the center of the universe and we think everybody ought to revolve around us. And so they ought to say nice things and be nice to us all the time. And we place these unhealthy expectations on other people. And when they don't meet those expectations, well, we get offended and we get mad and we're just paying attention to too much of what other people are saying and doing about ourselves. And, um, yeah. And I think we just have a really, um, corrupt view of ourselves. I guess. I don't know if that's the really the right word, but I mean, I just, I don't, a lot of us sometimes view ourselves not at not seeing the total depravity of sin you know what i'm saying a lot of us want to think oh well, i'm a good person or or this or that but you know what standards are you using to 
come up with that? And who, how, you know, who are you comparing yourself to? I mean, people often compare themselves to just other people to say, well, I'm better than, I'm not as bad as them, or I'm better than, you know, this person. So yeah, I mean, if you listen to what other people say, you're, they're going to have their own judgment scale as well. So it's, well, okay, so uh, several years ago, uh, our, my dad spent most of his adult life in and out of jail. And one time he was out of jail and I was having a conversation with him. And we were talking about what's he going to do with his life? How's he going to straighten some things up? You know, just that kind of a conversation. And he said, well, he said, I I'm really not that bad, you know, as people make me out to be. And I said, well, why do you say that? And he said, well, uh, I mean, the guys that are in jail with me, I mean, they are bad. So his standard of good and bad was based on the people in the jail with him. Okay. Based yeah. on what they had done and, uh, had some of them done a lot more horrible things than he done. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, but I think we, on a more normal scale, I think we do that all the time. We just look at the people around us and go, you know what? I'm better than they are. I'm not, as, I'm not as bad off as they are, you know? And then if somebody puts us into that category, we get offended. Again, don't pay attention. Don't put so much weight on what people say about you, you know? And, um, yeah. you know, it's like get over yourself in some way. But, you know, God's going to have to help you do that. This is that dying to self stuff mm -hmm. that we're talking about that, uh, from time to time. All right, let's move on. Now, the second scripture deals with train yourself to love rude people. I mean, think about training yourself to love rude people. Proverbs 10, 12 reminds us, uh, reminds us when it says this, hatred stirs old quarrels, but love overlooks insults. Okay. Um, there are going to be people who are going to insult you. They're going to be rude. And let's just make it difficult. And let's just say they're being intentional with it. And, uh, but somehow loving God, loving them, loving ourselves, love overlooks insults and any insight on that, on that statement? Well, I think it's, it's interesting because if we're overlooking the insult, that means that we're looking at something else. Uh, you know, and so if we're looking past the insult, we're looking inside the person. And I think that that's where we can kind of work towards loving those people that are doing us wrong or doing things to us that are, are bad or hurtful because trying to, I trying to have empathy, trying to understand, like you said, where people are coming from in, in their insults or whatever they're doing. Um, I think is definitely a, a good step towards being able to love that person and be able to identify their motives and kind of see where they're coming from. You know, that story about that, uh, the lion and the mouse, I can't remember the name of the story, but it's the lion that's really grumpy and mean and roars <laughs> and thing. And, and this little mouse comes along and he discovers that the lion has a thorn stuck in his paw you know and the mouse eventually mm -hmm. gets the thorn out of the paw and then the lion's very nice um i think uh rude people are the lion 
there is something that is hurting them and they may, they may not even know it. They don't not, they don't know what it is, don't know where mm -hmm. it is, but they are, they're sharp, they're rude, they're insensitive and they're, they're mean. And, uh, uh, and some of them don't even realize they're doing it. Uh, some do, um, I mean, some find joy in hurting people, but, um, but even with that said, I, I think we have to take the high road as Christians and say, okay, God, you're going to have to help me love my enemy because the person that's how it feels when somebody's insulting you, they feel like an enemy because they're, they're attacking you, challenging, whether intentionally or unintentionally. And, um, I don't think you're right. We are going to have to take a, a look, overlook the insult and then, and try to look inside the person if, if we can and say, okay, what's going on here. And, um, how can I respond to this? And we'll talk about responding with blessings in a moment, but uh, I will say though, it is hard and it's hard to overlook an insult, you know, especially when it cuts deep. Uh, and some people, yeah. you know, you feel like you need to correct and we'll talk about correcting here in a moment, but man, some folks, you just, it's like, okay, that's it. <laughs> you know, uh, we're going to have to, we got, we got to have a come to meet with Jesus kind of a thing, you know, and sit down and have yeah. a conversation about it. But most insults, uh, we're just going to have to overlook, you know, the ones that, you know, you just bump up against people at work, at school, you know, in your home, or, you know, even a Walmart guest, it doesn't matter. Family reunions, family get togethers, people just say things and, and they don't know what they've just touched up against one of your sensitive areas that we talked about last time and in, in, in part two of all this yeah all right so well and sometimes yeah. they do know it too um yes they do <laughs> and that's even harder because you know they know they're like, trying to get a reaction if you know this about me why are you poking that sensitive spot <laughs> don't you care right. about me you know um and there is a place to talk about. It. I mean, it, you know, we're not to overlook all insults and all offenses. And again, we'll talk about that in a moment. Okay. The next one, uh, is, uh, talks about learning to stay calm when insulted. Okay. So, you know, we've talked about overlooking an insult, you know, and, but when it happens now, okay, at that moment, how do we stay calm? Because the Bible says Proverbs 12, 16, a fool is quick tempered, but a wise person stays calm when insulted. Okay. So one of the differences between us and the world should be that when we are insulted, we don't get easily angered. We don't get mad quick. We don't go from zero to 60. You know, we stay calm. So for you, Kate, I mean, uh, I'm just assuming you stay calm. How do you, how do you, what is it? What are some techniques some things that God has taught you about? All right, I need to stay calm. I mean, how do you stay calm when you're insulted? Well, so there's, so interestingly enough, I had a lot of experience with this before I came back to faith and and also after it definitely those two are different but um so i used to be an assistant manager for walmart and i'm sure you can imagine that um being over the service desk part of the store i was dealing with a lot of 
people that came in and were, were very upset, you know, very um, venting and loud and things like that. And for me, it was always kind of at that point in my life, it was always kind of a game for me. Cause I was like, okay, how, am, how am I going to turn this situation around? You know, what, what can I do to turn the situation around to make them leave here differently than when they walked in? Cause I just knew when they came in, they were already going to be mad. So, I mean, that was just the way that it was. Right. Um, so from that perspective, um, I, I think that having, being a good problem solver helps because you can find ways to identify what is the person's, what is the problem really? What is the problem that the person really has? And sometimes it's asking them, sometimes it's listening to them. And, and as the person diffuses, because you're offering solutions, it helps you to stay calm as well. Because I, you know, I'm not a, an expert on this, but at least for me, it seems like when I'm trying to actively make the situation better, it allows me to stay calm. Now that's probably not the same for everyone, but that helped a lot too, because as people come down, then you will also, you know, not get escalated either. Um, from, from a Christian perspective, and I mean, just in general, I think counting to 10, I always tell my kids, count to 10 before you open your mouth. And, and the reason that for that is, is because, you know, when we speak out of what my mom always used to call your brain stem. So when you get that fight or flight response, when you speak out of your brain stem where your where your neural activity is going on when you're super, you know, angry instantly, whatever comes out of your mouth, I don't care who you are, if you're opening it when you're in that mode, it's not going to probably be for the best. So my advice to the boys is count to 10. Uh, in your head, don't count out loud. People will think you're weird, but count to 10 in your head and then say, then make your response at least in a little bit of time. Um, it takes some people longer to come down than 10 seconds, but um, you know, you know yourself, what, whatever that is. Uh, from a Christian perspective, I sometimes will say in my head a prayer when somebody does something to me, I will say to myself, Oh, Holy Spirit, will you please help me to, to not say something stupid? And, you know, I guess I just have, that's how my relationship is with God, because I'm just like, there's this constant dialogue. I feel like you should be able, you know, you should have that with God because, you know, he does give us strength when we have weakness and he, he does help fill in those gaps for us whenever, whenever we need that. And, and if, if you ask him, he's usually faithful to to respond to your need in that moment. So, and if nothing else, it makes you start thinking from a Christian perspective and it makes you also question what your response is. So anyway, that long story short, that's that's at least how I do it. Count to 10 and pray. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> yeah, just count down because, you know, instead of counting up, count down because that's a knockout blow, no 10, nine. Eight, seven, we're about okay. to, you know, you're about to run out of time here. Okay. So, uh, you got 10 seconds to change what you just said, or we're about to have, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right. So for me, one of the things that I do, okay. There are times where I know I'm, a, I'm, I'm going to go into a conversation, um, that is going to be sensitive for both me and the other person. 
Uh, I have gone as a pastor, I've had to do, uh, confront people on certain things. And I knew that they were going to be hurt. And I knew that they may say some things back that were, was going to be hurtful for me. And, um, sometimes those conversations were, was strictly about confronting the individual. Sometimes the conversation was about, there was tension between me and then the other, and this was about reconciliation. And oftentimes before you can get to reconciliation, there is some tension, you know, some things have to be said. Um, and then I've been, you know, as a pastor, I've been in some business meetings, uh, you know, that I knew some people had some issues about some things uh, about either church was doing or not doing. And so they would bring them up and I would take them personally. I mean, I knew I was going to take them personally. Uh, and so there was, there's part of me that does this premeditated preventive thing. And what I mean by that is I always take a notebook into the meeting and I have something to write with. And as the person is talking, I am writing down what they say. Now, uh, I'm, I'm going to give a little, you know, insight into what's happening. So if I do this with anybody that's listening, you know, the writing down is really not about you. The writing down is about me because it slows me down. And so I'm writing down what they're saying, or I'm writing down my thoughts. I'm, I'm totally in, I'm engaged. I'm very calm. I'm present, but something about that writing and paying attention and trying to focus in on the other person actually helps me to stay calm. And um, I would recommend anybody do this for anything. If you're, if you're going into a meeting, you know, that is going to might be hurtful. Uh, even if it's a job evaluation. Okay. You know, and the boss is going to, you know, do the Oreo cookie thing, you know, you know, and, or the sandwich thing where it's like, you know, begin with something positive, end with something positive and then put the hammer down in the middle, you know? And so, um, <laughs> Um, I would say also do this if you're, you know, going to talk to your spouse or if you're going to talk to, uh, if you're going to have to correct a friend of yours about some activity because people just, they get offended by that thing. So for me, it's part of it's premeditative to stay calm. I mean, I just anticipate uh, some conflict there and that helps. Um, another <clears throat> thing I do is uh, when they, when I feel insulted, if I'm on top of my game, when I feel insulted, I will um, ask for questions of clarification. And, and I'll repeat back what they said. I said, now, this is what I heard you say. Is this what you mean? And I just do that communication stuff because at this point, mm -hmm. I want to make sure I heard what they said um, before I address what they said. And and, and listening for clarification rather than winning an argument helps me to stay calm. Now, again, I'm bathing all this in prayer, just like you, Kate. I mean, I, if I know I'm going into a situation, I say, Lord, you've got to help me out, you know, give me some patience here, help me to have thick skin, you know, all this kind of stuff, you know. And then uh, if I'm in the middle of one, it comes out of nowhere. Um, if I can get into the ask for clarification stuff but while they're talking uh i'll say uh lord you've got to give me wisdom here because I'm, I'm i'm my anger odometer is starting to 
increase <laughs> okay because <laughs> i'm i'm getting i can feel it building up you know uh yeah. but the point that i really on this scripture and, and the conversation we're having really is you're gonna have to find you got god's gonna have to lead because everybody's different god's gonna have to lead you to some kind of techniques, whether it's quoting scripture in your heart and mind, whether it's prayer, whether it's counting the 10, whether it's being premeditative, having a notebook, asking clarification questions. I mean, on and on it goes. Um, because what's interesting to me is the Bible does not give us a list of things on how to stay calm. It just says, stay calm when insulted. And I think the reason why it doesn't give us a list is because it's going to look and feel different for everybody they're gonna they're how they cope with that insult at that moment uh but you've got to find a way uh you know those who are listening you need to find a way uh to be able to stay calm at that moment because you're going to be insulted i mean it's just you can't if you're going to live in this world you're going to be insulted so uh learn to stay calm when insulted all when, right and sometimes Walking away is good too. I mean, just yeah. not saying anything that is yeah. perfectly acceptable. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, again, that kind of falls back in that overlook. You know, <clears throat> there are times yeah. where uh, people have said something and I'll go, huh, man, that's interesting. I don't need to think about that. And I just walk off, <laughs> you know, not stomp off. I mean, just, I mean, come, yeah, yeah, it's just it's politely walk off. Than other... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's better than picking up something and throwing it at them. All right. So, uh, sure. <laughs> actually just about anything I like where you went with that yeah <laughs> <laughs> we just escalate you know <laughs> okay I got out uh, of quickly <laughs> uh, uh, okay so let's uh let's move this next one all right so this next scripture talks about being quick to forgive an insult okay now this is a little bit different than overlooking and staying calm because proverbs 17 9 says he who covers and forgives an offense seeks love, but he who repeats or harps on a matter separates even close friends. So we're talking about covering or forgiving an offense uh, or an insult. So, um, man, what does that look like? I, I don't think that everyone is necessarily going to be good at this. Um, I think certain personality types will naturally have a better time with this than others. But um, but I think as a Christian, just having that perspective of what you've been forgiven for and the fact that your sin was forgotten, you know, there's you're you're considered righteous because of what Christ did. You know, um, I think if you keep that in perspective, it really helps in forgiving others and in overlooking offenses, knowing what offenses you have that have been overlooked um, because of your faith. So I think that definitely is a good perspective to have when when you're dealing with having to for forgive someone. I mean, like we were talking about earlier before this podcast, I mean, I just don't remember things. I just, the negative things, I just toss them, you know, I mean, I just don't, I don't hang on to them. I don't keep them there. I just don't want it to take up real estate in, inside me. You know, there's, I would rather, um, have the, the fruits of the spirit be in there or something else that's going to be a lot better off for me than, uh, holding on to that resentment or whatever it is. Um, you know, being forgetful is very helpful. Uh, I remember this one time I actually offended a guy one time because I couldn't remember something 
and he had a he had offended me publicly at a uh, at a business meeting. Uh, this is years ago. Anyway, he and and about a year passed by, and he brought it up, uh, and I can't remember why he brought it up. This is after church one day, and um, he told me he said, uh, "You remember blah blah blah," and I and I said, "Yeah, but to be honest with you, I don't remember what it was about." <laughs> I mean, I had just one hundred percent like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I knew he had offended me, and I couldn't remember what it was about. Anyway, it got irritated. He was irritated that I couldn't remember because it was significant to him that I would hear that <laughs> point and that the people heard the point and that uh, you know that from his perspective I was wrong and he was right and this out I'll be done. And I literally could not, and it was a big deal at the time. And I remember talking about it with the staff and stuff, but I. I just couldn't remember what it was about. I mean, my life just moved on, man. And so, uh, yeah. uh, in some ways forgiveness is like that. It just covers it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you're no longer the judge and executioner for what they said. I mean, it doesn't, it, you know, you're not pretending that it didn't happen. You didn't, you know, you're not pretending it doesn't hurt, you know, those kinds of things. And, and by the way, um, if, uh, you want to know more about forgiveness, what it is and what it's not, uh, you can go to truthappliedjs.com. I've got an article on it. And uh, a lot of people find it helpful because, uh, you know, when, especially when they're trying to forgive somebody who's hurt them in some way, it's like, okay, how do I know if I've forgiven them? But, um, okay. So, uh, man, all right. We are, man, we're running out of time, Kate. Um, let's see here. Uh, let me just make a statement here. Cause I do want to get into this one thing about, um, what to do when we have to, when you got to address it, but there is one verse I want to read to the folks who make a comment. Ephesians four, two says this, always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Now making allowance is learning to tolerate others, annoying faults with love. Some people's faults are offensive. I mean, they're just rude. They're just not insensitive themselves. You know, just that kind of thing. And what you're doing is when you're making an allowance, you are actually not telling, not verbally telling them they have permission, but in your heart and mind, you are giving the permission to be unkind. You're giving them permission to be rude. You know, you're giving them a get out of jail card free kind of a thing. And, um, and you're making allowance for their rudeness. And if you give some people some space, and you say, you know what, they, that's, that's who they are. They need to grow, make an allowance for this. Uh, you'll find yourself being a lot less offended and being able to deal with it much more, uh, much more easily. Yeah. Any exactly. comments on that before we get into this last no, thing? I okay. I think you got it. All right. Okay. Let's talk just briefly. Uh, we're running out of time, but here's the thing. <clears throat> I do want to talk about okay, when do we confront somebody who's offended us? I mean, most of the verses deal with overlooking it, forgiving it, make allowance, you know, don't pay a lot of attention to it, just move on. But there are going to be times where we have to address the person, what they said. So Matthew 18, 15 through 20 unpacks this, and we're only going to look at one little element out of this. But the Bible says, if another believer sins against you go privately and point out the offense if the other person listens and confesses it you have won that person back 
okay now some offenses or sins against you so this is the offense might be they've lied about you they gossiped about you they slandered they complained uh, something harsh words i mean foolish talk i mean just the, the bible's full they've deceived other people about you in some way abusive speech towards you and um so if a person has done that the bible says to go privately and point out the offense all right so kate for you if you were to give us advice about how to do that, what advice would you give? This is just practical advice from different people, training and things like that. I mean, I, I think one thing that's really important is to focus on uh, how what they did affects you. So how it makes you feel versus the versus the well you did this you did this um but i think the best way to approach it, it is to say well jeff when you do this it makes me feel this way and i know i know you probably didn't mean so being power of positive intent i know you probably didn't mean for it to be that way but i want you to know how it makes me feel so focusing on how it makes you feel the effect on you and having a power, the power of positive intent in any situation. Because if you go into it immediately assuming that they were intentionally trying to do to you what you're feeling, then, then you're going to get a different reaction. There's just no way around that. So that would be my practical advice, those two things. <clears throat> yeah, I would agree with that 100%. Um... You know, Galatians chapter six, one says, if another believer is overcome by some sin, say they're insulting you and insulting you and insulting you, uh, you who are godly doesn't mean perfect. I mean, you just got a relationship with God. You're trying to be like Christ. You who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And so when you approach them, you know, you want to have a humble attitude. You want to be gentle about this. You're not going to be harsh. Uh, and then Galatians 6 says something very significant at the end of this. It says, and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Because the temptation is going to be as you confront them, they may get mad and say something insulting. And well, here we go. Now you're going to insult them back, you know, and you just fell right yeah. into what you're trying to correct them about. Um, I mean, sin can be like a magnet. I um, mean, it really is. I, I was just reading this yeah. in... Um, Genesis where Lot moved near Sodom and and how ended up eventually he's like living in it so like he starts out on the in the valley and he's eventually inside it so it's like sucking him in in there you know into the actual city you know I just it's kind of minor but I just feel like sin sin is it's like a spark of a flame and it can it can draw you in real easy it can it's attractive it's fun I mean, I've heard preachers say, it ain't fun. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, no, it is. That's why we do it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what, I mean, it gratifies the flesh. It's instant gratification. And I mean, it feels good yeah. at the moment. I mean, even if you're tearing somebody apart on the inside, it's like, yeah, take that, man. You know, and so, uh -huh. uh, um, you know, there is, you know, if sin was not fun, we wouldn't have that big of an issue with it, you know, so, um, but what well, we do. So, but there are times and you're going to, as an individual, you're going to have to decide, okay, have they sinned against me? Uh, if that's the case, then 
um, you, you may you may need to go talk to them about, it, especially if it's being re repeated over and over and over again, and you're finding that this has turned into a vicious cycle and it's not healthy for that relationship for them or you, and um, and you, and you just have to confront this. Okay, so. Um, all right, so those are some biblical, practical advice. Again, if you go to truthappliedgs.com, there's some other things that we didn't cover and that you can read. And there's some discussion questions at the end of the article that can help you just kind of weed through this stuff. And as always, you feel free to reach out to us here at Genesis Church. We'll, we know if you got any questions or comments, we'll, we'll do our best to answer them. Um, all right. So now, so Kate and I now, okay. Our podcasts have gone to every other week. And so, uh, and we, ex this podcast on easily offended was supposed to be one podcast. It turned into three. So we we've, we've basically talked about this subject for about three hours is what, when you add it all up. And so, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could have been more too. I mean, really there's just so much. Yeah. Uh, it could have been so much more, but, um, uh, I hope you found it helpful. And um, uh, now, okay, so this next little series that we're doing uh, is going to be on anxiety. And uh, we, we are going to spend several weeks on that. And because uh, anxiety is a big word that covers a lot of stuff. And a lot of people struggle with it at various levels. And we're going to dive in to some, we're going to, we're, we're going to try to go a little bit deeper on that stuff and try to unpack some things that are very biblical, very practical, and, um, and, and just see what God can uh, say to us through it and help us to, you know, to live, to manage anxiety in our life. Um, all right. So Kate, appreciate I'm looking it. Looking forward uh, to it. Yeah, I am too. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm obviously I've been doing some research, you know, for the last couple of months on it and, um, you know, uh, I can't wait to talk about it and we're going to need probably about 20 episodes, but, uh, <laughs> that's what i'm thinking how long is it going to take us to get through this i don't know man um we'll 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 just kind of make it up as we go along but um yeah it'll be good so uh all right kate any last words on being easily offended and then we'll wrap it up no thanks for having me though i always enjoy talking about these things because i think it's always a great opportunity to just look at look at our own lives and and to make sure that we're living as we should and to practicing what we preach and and I think it's it's really humbling and it's really nice to be able to to uh, have these conversations with you so thanks for having me yeah you know another thing even though I'm a pastor and I preach you know every week <clears throat> um you know preaching is really just one way you know and it's just I'm standing there just unpacking it saying whatever I want to say you know at least hopefully what God would have me say. And, uh, but one of the things I like about the podcast is definitely the give and take and more of the, uh, conversation kind of stuff. And I've had several people mention that when we went to two weeks, they, they contacted, us, Hey, where, where's the, where's the podcast? Where's the podcast? You know? And I said, Oh, well, we've gone every two weeks, you know? And, um, uh, but there are folks who love to listen to biblical conversations and how that looks. Cause there's a lot of things you and I talk about that we just can't, or I can't cover in, in a sermon. It just doesn't fit, you know, and don't have the time. I mean, think about it. We've talked three hours about this, you know what I'm saying? 
and sure. uh, and yeah. so if people want me to preach three hours a Sunday morning, I'll be glad to do it. <laughs> but uh, all right, guys. Hey, um, all right. So well, I guess we'll uh, catch some of y'all in about two weeks and we'll be talking about anxiety. So until next time, uh, try not to be easily offended. Thank you for listening. This has been Conversations. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to click subscribe and leave us a great review. And to find out more about Genesis Church, please visit www.genesisbegins.com.